Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. LifeBank and all organ and tissue recovery agencies are highly regulated and are subject to review by several agencies, including CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the Federal Food and Drug Administration. To ensure we not only know and follow regulatory procedures, the LifeBank Quality Service Department provides training, bareheads projects, and overall supports LifeBank staff So we meet and exceed the expectations of our mission every day. Hi, you're listening to episode 74 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. LifeBank has grown considerably over the past few years and now has a staff of more than 140 professionals from many different backgrounds. Some are clinical, some provide administration support, while others make sure the overall operation runs smoothly. With such diversity among staff, how do we make sure that everyone is aware and on the same page when it comes to function, regulation, and working together to save lives? We have a special episode today with three individuals whose jobs are to make sure that we are all working together to achieve our mission, which is no small task. A group of geniuses from the quality department created a process called the whiteboard walkabout to communicate how each department and ultimately everyone plays a key role in the success of LifeBank. I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and coworkers, Kristen Daling, Compliance and Learning Development Specialist, Doug Sedevi, Performance Excellence Coordinator, and Jeremy Rapsick, Health Information Data Analyst. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Kristen, can you give us an overall description of the Whiteboard Walkabout and how it works for this organization? Absolutely. Like you said, we're highly regulated, and one of those requirements is that we provide quality improvement training to all staff annually. And we do that through what we called quality improvement brown bag lunches, which we hold each quarter. Back in 2019, when our whiteboards were developed by our chief quality officer and our performance excellence coordinator, it was leadership team who reviewed the whiteboards, which we actually have physical whiteboards in the space of each department on which departmental goals and key performance indicators are posted. But we really wanted to make it available to all staff. So back in 2019, when we first did this, we coined the phrase whiteboard walkabout because it was Australian themed. And so to make it fun and to get engagement, we did um, all kinds of Australian snacks, including like Vegemite and the Bundaberg ginger beer. And then we had stats about organ donation in Australia. It was very well received. It was the first time we did it. Staff gave very positive feedback on it and have requested it year after year. We couldn't do it in 2020 because of COVID and those restrictions, but we did have our second whiteboard walkabout this year and we had to do it virtually. So we recorded our leaders talking about their departmental whiteboards. 
They review the key performance indicators of their department just to increase overall organizational awareness of what each department is doing. But the emphasis really is not on the numbers, it's on the initiatives that are behind those numbers, what we're doing to try to achieve our goals and how we're working together. So by illustrating the initiatives and how we each affect those, like for example, there could be something hospital services is doing to try to increase referrals. Well, how does that impact our referral center and how can our referral center help hospital services to achieve that goal? So really the idea is to provide a very holistic view of the organization just to provide a greater understanding and empathy of each other's roles and really provide greater insight into just the overall direction of LifeBank. I think it's important for our listeners to know that even departments that don't have anything to do with the clinical side, for example, the department I'm in, Development and Community Services, we don't have any interaction with the Oregon tissue recovery process. However, what we do influences those departments as well. So it's interesting to learn how we all come together. Each department has goals, or we call them key performance indicators. Doug, can you tell us what key performance indicators are and how they determine how we achieve success? Key performance indicators are actually, when you think about it, one of the last outputs from our strategic planning process here. Senior leadership meets with our board. They get together and they discuss how we can achieve our targets three to five years out. And they come up with what we call strategic objectives. These strategic objectives are then taken and divided annually. So what do we need to achieve each year to get to that three to five year outlook? These goals are then shared. These annual goals are shared with leadership. And this is where the interaction starts. We get together with our staff, tell them what the goals are. They then come up with ways of achieving those. As Krista mentioned earlier, you know, there's initiatives that underpin each one of these by each department. And that's really where you start to see the linkage of how we need to rely on each other to get there. These annual goals are then broken down into measurable monthly intervals. And this is kind of the basis for the KPIs and what is reviewed at a whiteboard. These then can be further broken down into individual performance reviews. So we can actually drive from our strategic objectives all the way down to individual performance reviews by taking the time to really understand them, get people's inputs and define them in a measurable way. So that's really where the power of this is at, is how as as an individual can influence what we're doing from a mission perspective. Kristen also mentioned how by having these measurements in front of us, we've noticed how engaged the staff is, how innovative they become in in achieving these. And then, quite frankly, they're they're the ones that execute and carry it out and get it done. So all again in lining up with that mission to heal and save lives. It's so important that no matter what our job is, we each do have ultimate control of how we contribute to that mission. And this is a great way to highlight that, to make sure everybody understands that. Jeremy, we're talking about success and individual contribution, and data really is important to tracking that success and trends. But really, it is even more important than that. You went as far as tracking the success of the whiteboard walkabouts. I want to focus on one specific example as it relates to the success of the whiteboard walkabouts. What I want to look at are the organ donors that are part of the minority community within the Cleveland area. 
Uh, within the past couple years, when we've had these walkabouts, one of the things that we saw in terms of department interconnectivity was individuals placing themselves on the organ donor registry list through the BMV has a great impact throughout numerous departments within our organization. So when we saw that, we wanted to develop a campaign that focuses specifically on minority registration. And we found that the minority communities have a lower registration rate than the greater population within the Cleveland area. And so what we did was we looked at specific zip codes where they have the lowest registration rate within our service area. And we were able to cross-reference that with the number of individuals that are currently on the Oregon waiting list. And we found that there were five specific zip codes in our area that have the lowest registration rate. So the lowest percentage of the population that has placed themselves on donor registry. But they also had the highest number of individuals that were currently waiting for a transplant. So when we looked at that, one, that was surprising to us. I know we didn't really know the data was there was that much of an overlap between the two sets of data. And we realized that if we didn't know that, the population as a whole most likely did not know that either. So we really wanted to focus our efforts through our community development department on focusing on those specific zip codes so that we can get the information out in terms of the importance of organ, eye, and tissue donation. So what we did was there were individuals throughout all departments of LifeBank, and we came up with a billboard and bus stop campaign. As a part of the billboard and bus stop campaign, individuals that have received an organ transplant within the minority community volunteered their time and efforts to be a part of the campaign. And you can see the billboards and bus stops throughout our service area. In terms of how that translates to success with the whiteboard, within the history of LifeBank, 2021 represents the highest percentage of donors that are a part of the minority community going back through our history. I'm glad you brought that up. It happens to be National Minority Donor Awareness Month. And so it's important for us to be working within our own community. And ironically, where LifeBank is physically located, 44128 zip code was one that had lowest registration rates, but the highest number of individuals who are on the waiting list for an organ. So when we're talking about the whiteboard walkabout and how we each address this mission, we're really talking about saving and healing lives of people in our own backyard literally. And that is immensely fulfilling. So we may be talking about data, we may be talking about numbers, but really we're seeing that we are saving lives right here where LifeBank lives. And that's really cool. That was the big eye opener for me specifically when I was looking at the data was the fact that 44128 was included uh, in terms of a community that has a low registration rate, but a high number of individuals that are waiting for organs. And we also have to shout out to our, our local partners, Brad Sellers of Warrensville Heights Mayor, our MOTEP partners who are in Cleveland. We have people in the funeral home industry, Boyd Funeral Home, that are really helping and promoting this effort along with LifeBank. So the numbers are telling us that we're being successful. We see more uh, African-American, uh, Hispanic, Latino, Pacific Islander families stepping up 
and saying yes to saving and healing lives. And I think that's amazing. That's what we do every day. And that's why it's so important that we all know what the other person is doing at LifeBank and how we each contribute to our mission of saving and healing lives. You guys, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. I just love working with you and I'm so proud of what we've accomplished. For having us, Colleen. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you, Colleen. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.